Having the right TMS is vital in supporting freight broker growth. Partner with Thai Software to optimize your processes and compete with confidence. Get into the automation, data insights, and cash flow optimization game. Request a demo at thaisoftware.com. Welcome back to another edition of Check Call. Today, we are recapping the freight market for the year and also giving some hot takes for 2024. Don't forget to subscribe to the Check Call, the newsletter on FreightWaves.com if you haven't already. Today, we have our absolute favorite crystal ball holder predictors, FreightWaves very own Gray Sharkey and Thomas Wasson. Thank you guys for coming on the show again. Hey, excited to see if uh, we predicted right and uh, if we'll predict right once again. And uh, if so, I mean, talk about excellent forecasters, right, Thomas? Oh, we're yeah, it's it's to- this is the year in review. This is like the the equivalent of the the Christmas party highlight reel for us. Exactly. It's basically <laughs> um take a top 10 list and throw it into real time. So, um I do kind of like this this tradition that we have of, you know, going and seeing what we did right and wrong. And it's, it's, it's a nice little tradition. Um, cause I did go back and watch the full episode from last year. I had a bow on my hair and a light up necklace and everything. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. And we weren't entirely wrong before we get too far into that. Uh, Grace, let's start with you. What is the most shocking news you heard about this year? Like what one kind of made you go, uh, so like my initial response, just because of the beat out cover, it was, was going to say convoy, but like, are, was that shocking? Uh, maybe not so much. Uh, I, you know what? I would say some of these like pretty large carriers, I want to say yellow, but like even some of the big truckload carriers that Clarissa had reported, uh, coming out of, of, of play, whether it was through bankruptcy or just shuttering their own doors. Uh, I think we all kind of expected a lot of clearly the owner operators just to struggle during these times, but to see some of the, these big ones like metal lark, right. And a few others, like I, I think we all remember working with at some point in time too. And I mean, even technically you could say like us express as well. And, and some of these other ones, which by the way, I saw a us express truck last night in the wild. And that was fun to see. Um, but you know, it's, I think that's what was surprising to me is is uh, yellow is kind of its own situation. Uh, you probably could have called that soon, but some of the big ones, I was just like, wow, like to, you would, you would think it was uh, all these small ones that would fall out, but some of these like medium sized to large ones that we have all known and, and worked with and, and provide great service um, fell out themselves. So I think that kind of surprised me a little. Thomas, what about you? What was your biggest shocker for the year? Well, my old alma mater, U.S. Express, got bought out. Uh, talk, I didn't know if it got with a bang or a whimper. Uh, you know, it sustained itself. Shout out to the teams and the folks who were, you know, working hard and stuff. But at the same time, you don't expect one large one uh, to go out with thousands of trucks. That was the first one. But it was an emotional roller coaster. We had yellow. We had labor. We had the rail labor. We had automotive labor. We had some other labor for engine makers. Uh, there's a few more hanging out there somewhere. So it was, it felt like an emotional roller coaster and it kind of mimicked uh, uh, the spot rates in yellow and their labor. So I think those were the two big takeaways for me was not only did the large carriers either quit, split or get absorbed, but at the same time, the very labor that supported them uh, was getting a little feisty. 
this year? Personally, I look, I, I will say that I was surprised by yellow, not because like I, I didn't know that they were going to go through bankruptcy. I'm just surprised that it finally happened. Um, because I feel like they've been like the boy who cried wolf so many times, like yellow has been on the brink of bankruptcy from everything I've heard for like the last 10 years. So I was more like, how is this actually finally happening? Well, they couldn't deliver it. I had to keep rescheduling their uh, bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You're gonna have to push that out another day. <laughs> you know, I've set the terminal, we'll get back, we'll reschedule, you know. If, if that's not the most on-brand thing for Yellow. <laughs> and you know what's nice too, is like at least uh, we're getting our like government loan back, you know, like it's no like PPP fraud out of this one. It turns out we'll, we'll see, I mean, it sounds like the interest too, all of it will get back, so. You know, we just, we love, we love someone that pays their bills. We just, we love to see it. We love to see it. You know, they should have spent less money on avocado toast. That's how they could have made it. Exactly. All of those office parties and the avocado toast and the, the, the better than Folgers coffee added up at the end of the day. So it was the coffee nitro booth. I still get WeWork emails. I'm pretty sure they're out of business at this point, but, uh, they're, they're still emailing me. I think the other funny one is those PPP loans. Uh, like 60% of student loan borrowers have not repaid their stuff uh, in mid-November. But at the same time, the government accidentally got a loan and made it pay back. So, you know, this is the balance is what's important. Uh, I think the other thing that surprised me is honestly, it has to be all of the labor stories. Because I feel like once someone was like, oh no, like once one union was like, we're not doing this, we're doing our own thing. Like we're going to strike. Everybody was like, well, sure. Shoot, I'll strike too. And it kind of, you know, I'm glad that it kind of came back to, you know, the workers standing up for what they want. And I mean, honestly, if I was part of a union that supported a company that had record years and billions of dollars of profits, I'd probably demand a few more things as well, especially if I was, you know, an essential hero. Yeah, right. It's the essential part of it too. And, uh, uh, it's uh, they say whenever the auto workers UAW gets uh, a raise, it trickles into pretty much every other part of America and, and other jobs as well. So you know, checking my bank account, but uh, don't. <laughs> but still, I think it's positive news. Like uh, there was some Craig was on some podcast and he said that you know it's it's crazy how we talk about like how resilient the carriers have been kind of throughout this whole thing and. Now I think we're seeing the resiliency of just the American consumer. Like we will find a way to purchase something. We will find the money somewhere, whether it's underneath our couch or in gold bars. Now that you can buy from Costco or whatever way, wherever way we can. But uh, that's uh, that might be like a bit of my hot take for next year. But still, it's uh, I'm surprised by holiday spending. I'm surprised by the amount of debt that we have and what we're not paying on our credit cards or our student loans. But uh, the amount of money Mattel will still make this holiday season is just like not adding up in my head. <laughs> Look, where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a buy, there's a way for sure. All right. So we're going to switch from the shocking one to what was your favorite story of the year? Thomas, what was your favorite that you were like, ah, I like this one or that it just stuck with you? All stories are like children. They're all my favorites. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think the biggest one, I wish I had Bill's list. There was like a whole list that we had because when you're in this industry, it can feel like sometimes your favorite one is the one that you just happen to remember last. 
I guess, you know, that, that can, that can feel that way. But, you know, I guess my favorite stories, the biggest feel good ones, we had like one or two hurricanes this year. It wasn't a lot, but uh, getting more attention to the folks who are out there delivering disaster relief. You know, that's probably one of the big ones. The Christmas tree getting hauled. That's another fun one. And then finally, my favorite story of the year was, uh, uh Joanna Marsh's rail piece about how uh, one of the rail companies is in trouble because grizzly bears get on the tracks and they ran over an unacceptable amount of grizzly bears. And so that one probably is my top story. I didn't know that that was a thing. I thought you had the bear like the cow catchers, the bear catchers, but it is. And so uh, that's just such a, it's such a wild thing to think about. It reminds me why even in Russia, the cosmonauts have weapons because there's bears. I unfortunately I was gonna throw the grizzly bears <laughs> article in there too, so uh, thanks for stealing that, Thomas. No, and it, it only only because like um, you know like I'm sure you deal with this, maybe Mary, but like in Michigan this time of the year, like these zombie deers who have somehow survived hunting season are just like they are just sitting in the like the sides of the roads waiting to leap out and destroy your car. And, and so for me, it's like, uh, I love the grizzly bears, but, uh, stay away from the tracks, my dog. Like, like, it's not like, it's also, it's not like, you know, you can't hear or like feel the vibrations of a train coming. Like if I'm a bear and the ground starts shaking, I'd probably be like, Oh, I should move to where the ground's not shaking. And I will say, it sounds like, like I had Mike on the show on the radio show yesterday. We we're talking about it. And part of the problem is that, like, we're just leaking corn and grain everywhere. So, like, we're almost, like, laying, like, a grizzly bear, like, trap. A bear trap. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so it's like the trap. deer are coming, and then the deer gets smashed, and then the bears are like, I smell raw meat. And then it's like... <laughs> so it's, it's a like, reverse food pyramid. It's <laughs> like you accidentally make a... So is the train the apex predator? Well, let me pick one outside of the grizzly bear situation. <laughs> um you know i think uh maybe it's it's not like the best story but kind of uh, to to go back to like labor and like uh, maybe exploring a little bit more of like behind these bankruptcies i i did enjoy a lot of our coverage on yellow uh and what we did with the actual workers that worked at yellow i mean it's you know, sometimes the stories that we work on don't always hit mainstream media the same. And I think uh, mainstream media touched on yellow in some ways. I remember some relatives asking me about it um, shortly after uh, and, and people just kind of, you know, oh, big business goes out, big deal type of situation. And I think we did a really great job of at least covering the individuals that, like, they loved working there and they, and they enjoyed their time there. And, I mean, we all kind of laughed about it, but up until, like, the day that it was finally done, like, how many of them were like, no, no, it's it's not done. We're not done. Like, on Monday, they'll announce that we're back. So I think that's – it's it's not, I guess, heartwarming, but it's – I love that we're able to – as a company, like portray all points of view of these things. And it's always, I think it was just really great to see, even though a company couldn't be run correctly by its leadership, that the workers behind it were like as loyal as they were. Absolutely. I kind of, um, I remember, like when you talk about that, I remember a viral video where someone was like, shouting and saying like, you know, I've worked here forever. Like I have a pension here. And I think Dooner actually got him on his show. Um, but 
just to see so many people that were like, no, this isn't real. This isn't real. This isn't real. Or like they just were kind of in disbelief where the rest of us, we saw the writing on the wall and we knew that like the time had come. Um, I mean, that's an insane testament to the culture that they had there of their employees that even when everyone else was like, yeah, your company is going under, they were like, no, it's not. Um, but yeah, I would have to say that one was pretty high up there. I actually really liked some of Rachel's stuff this year. Um, her trip up to Alaska was pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, what was, it? I really liked, um, the one that I didn't think about until obviously Kingston wrote about it was, um, with all the brokerages filing for bankruptcy, how carriers aren't necessarily going to be guaranteed to get paid. And like, you know, having worked for a company that went through bankruptcy it, myself, it, you, you know, kind of how payments are assigned and how that bankruptcy court goes. And, you know, you don't get to to pay who you want to pay. You are told who gets to pay. And then basically you have like your consultants, you have your lawyers, and then you have your high value, like you have your high value people and then everyone else. And sometimes you get to pick two or three people that are important to you, especially for chapter 11, when you're restructuring, you get to pick a couple, but that doesn't mean that the court's going to approve it. Every single dollar gets approved by the court. So it really just sucks that, you know, the carriers that are maybe have 20 to $30,000 outstanding that they might not get anything because they're not, you know, high value enough. Uh, um, and that's a lot for someone to eat, especially when it's uh, a lot to be desired for. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. <laughs> but back to last year. So it's time to review our hot freight takes. I like to call it, um, I just did this, uh, for myself on the check call newsletter. I like to call it a personal roast of how wrong I was. Um, and I was, I was pretty okay. Um, except I really, I doubled down on ESG initiatives were going to be a big thing this year. Um, as we all saw, they really weren't. So love that for us. Um, but Grace, last year, your crystal ball predictions were brokers were investing in value added services, such as integrations, building an infrastructure, creating dynamic and instant pricing. Okay. Okay. That's pretty good. And you also said that people were going to be taking data and making it usable, kind of like getting a new CTO, new tech leaders, et cetera, et cetera. I think that was pretty on the mark. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say so. Yes. Um, you know, we saw maybe not as much tech advancement as we would have liked for it being a down year and budgets kind of, you know, getting tightened, but there was still a hefty amount of it. So I'm going to call it a win. I'm going to say your crystal ball was accurate. I, I, I want to maybe deduct 20% off that win just because I, I, I d- you're right. Like, I think I, I didn't expect the, the market to be as hard on brokers, uh, for it. So they didn't, I'm sure there's a few that maybe invested in it and then are struggling to pay those bills now. Um, so thanks for listening to me. Uh, sorry. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, the CTO guy's really working out. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I think that's the only thing, like, I, I, I wish I would have thought of as well because, you know, considering the market, right? We should have put two and two together. I think, I just don't think we thought it was going to be as bad, you know, this time last year. So, um, whoops, but. Which honestly, I'm okay with the fact that we didn't think it was going to get worse because, you know, that's nice. Um, Thomas, your quote, Colonel Sanders spicy chicken sandwich predictions were that a large carrier was going to go out of business or be bought right when the market starts to turn 
So that way, you know, they've survived the down right when it starts to turn upwards, they're going to go out of business or be bought. Uh, and Grace, you actually also doubled down on this. So um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you like half credit because you, we did see a large carrier go. Well, actually we saw two. We saw a large uh, truck carrier and a large LTL carrier be bought and go out of business. Uh, however, we're missing that the market turned. So I'm going to give you like 75% credit. It just kept getting worse. <laughs> That's the funny part. <laughs> so I would say, I, I would say it's safe to say you guys kind of have uh, you might need to clean your crystal balls for, for next year. The time has come, guys. I uh, need you to make some predictions for 2024. Thomas, what you got? Ooh, I got two. Uh, in, in the spirit of the grizzly bears that kept getting run over, the rails after they finish with the bears will now hit the truckload carriers uh, because intermodal been sitting there, uh, you know, and, and the sidelines. And that's one of the big stories people are talking about. And I've talked to somebody and they're like, well, we're like at 95%. We could be at like 110 to 115. And so I have a feeling the rails are about to go off the rails. And that's going to be one of the topics uh, that's going to be worth watching. And it's going to be at the same time that for trucking, the second one, it's the big short. So all these lanes in the market, if you're a broker, you're locking in that dirty cheap rate and you're about to be underwater. So I'm like that bomb guy in the big short where you go to the housing thing and you knock on the guy's door and you're like, hey, did you know you've been doing this lane? It's about to be underwater. And they're like, no, I've been paying my bills. And I pick up my phone and say, they don't know, short everything. So that's the other one, which is we're going to see near the middle end of the year, as soon as this market turns, brokerage penetration is going to drop. Uh, they're going to lose market share compared to uh, you know, what they were enjoying with shippers because they're going to pop a parachute. They're not smart enough to diversify their margins and rips. And once it gets under, rip cities going out of business. I like that. I like that approach. Uh, Grace, what about you for your hot take for 2024? I do love Thomas's uh, move bears, get out the way, uh, intermodal suggestion. Uh, so I, I do want to back that one up if that, because I, I agree. I mean, but the, I, here's why I want to back that one up. And it's actually piggybacking off of your bad prediction from last year, which is ESG initiatives. <laughs> Uh, intermodal, I mean, it's one of the easiest ways to to uh, cut some of your, your emissions out of your supply chain. And I think we have, of course, uh, carb enforcement starting here in, in less than whenever this airs, 10 days. Uh, you have uh, a number of these, like... Uh, what like by 2030 rules and by 2025 we want to do all these things and i think people are underestimating like how long it's going to take for them to truly get their whole supply chain compliant to that so where it might not be i think like we'll see more technology maybe coming out exploring that uh the scope three emissions right we've seen we saw a little bit of it like last year and i think or like two years ago. And I think that's probably why you suggested this year would be big. But then I think just people were struggling um, with the economy where it was like, who cares about where our emissions are right now? We've got to focus on this. But I think as we start to come back and people and a lot of these deadlines get closer and people realize like, oh, I, my carriers need to com be compliant to this, right? Like there's, there's going to be a lot of auditing that goes into your supply chain. And the easiest way to get that done is to add, I think, some type of technology to that. So uh, I, that's where I, I 
I kind of focus that ESG on also the intermodal side, um, the quantum service that uh, is coming from JB, the BNSF and JB combination, which was pretty much there to begin with, but being more out front about it showcases like, hey, we're going to really help our customers leverage this mode. And uh, even I think with the shutdown, we saw this past week over on the border and how big of a deal that is. I think showcases like, no, our supply chains are going to really focus a little bit more time on how to leverage uh, that mode better. And and I think uh, retailers and CPG companies have really invested the last couple of years in technology to watch their inventory needs that they can now afford the few extra days that that mode will take for the payoffs that might come with the emissions too. So uh, ESG, I think, is is... And I, I hope I eat these words this time next year. But it was funny when you said that. I was like, yikes, here we go. Uh, here's here's mine. Um, I also, and maybe like this is like the fun part. I think that we're going to see a big broker struggle or fallout of, of the market. Um, and, and maybe it'll be in like an exit type of situation. Maybe it gets bought up or we see like a big play by, um, maybe like an equity group to kind of like save them from it. Uh, but I think, I mean, if you, you've been in brokerage, Mary, you know, and Thomas as well, like when the market does start to creep back, your brokers are going to be in that situation where they're going to have to pay carriers very competitively while their shippers are still enjoying their 90 day payment terms or more. And if you don't have your funds in play, which by the way, we're still in a market where uh, those rates for lines of credit aren't cheap. Like it's, you could really quickly over higher overexpose yourself in some way and uh, where we saw maybe surge struggle with that this past year I would be surprised if we see someone a little bit larger uh, struggle with that too so I think next year is going to be big on rail I mean we've seen huge money come from the government to update the rail infrastructure which it's about time um, and then I think it's going to be a fundamental difference for freight payment. And I think it's going to be a big year for freight payment and like freight factoring and everything like that, because it's already getting hot. I think it's going to, I think that that's my spicy take is that there will be major changes to freight factoring and freight payment throughout the year, which is weird because it's usually something that everybody just forgets about, like not forgets about, but like doesn't pay attention to. So there is, um, there's two more questions, specifically one for you, Grace. Um, Grace, it's been a year. Have you watched Die Hard yet? No, and I saw the question on the list, and I was like, I should watch it tonight. And I had to take a medication that put me to sleep too early, and then I didn't. And so, no, I haven't watched Die Hard. That's okay. That's okay. At this point, I'm just going to keep asking you every year, maybe like a monthly question on Twitter, until you watch it. Um, and then maybe I'll just get enough people to bully you into watching it. Maybe I'll... Okay, no, I'll... <laughs> I'll truly work on it, you... Two words, Alan Rickman. Yeah, Alan Rick. Yeah, I know you're right. Oh, it's like his first breakout role. You gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta watch it. So good. It's a Christmas movie, right? Like, according, Bruce Willis has come out and said it's not a Christmas movie. And to me, it's a movie that happens to take place at Christmas time. But if you took Christmas out of it, like, it would still be a movie. I'm looking at it from American culture standpoint. It's violent and it has a Christmas tree. Therefore, it is Christmas movie. I, yeah, and I do love all those actors. Maybe I'll try to fit it in. We'll see. 
until then, I look forward to the to the when you do start it and we get a live tweet about it. So <laughs> yes, exactly. That would be fantastic. Um, all right, so we already know where you guys stand on a lot of things. Thomas, if you could only eat one color of food for the rest of your life, what color would it be? Uh, brown because i can overcook my steak and my french fries and everything else so that is the one of the most popular answers but it's the most unhealthy answer because you can have everything deep fried and like chocolate cake and other stuff like that grace what's your color you know the first thing that came to mind was orange like orange chicken cheese just smother everything in cheese um <laughs> that's like, that's like the, <laughs> carrots i love carrots i love orange i'm like really into oranges right now like i've just been destroying oranges like no other big vitamin c gal i love orange juice i love um i love the orange panera death lemonade i love uh, so many things orange so that's a I, the, the, when he said brown i was like gross but then the meat side started to make sense but i'm more of a chicken gal so i'll just like dip it in like make orange chicken constantly and then i'll, I'll survive you're so it. So uh, if anyone wants to reach out to you guys about either of your shows or anything you work on, or maybe if they want to know what else is in that crystal ball of yours, where can they find you outside the show? Thomas, why don't you start us? Brayways.com slash loaded and rolling. Check it out. And wherever you may find your podcasts and other stuff. Oh man, where can you find me? Honestly, I hate saying it, but just like Google me. Find my Honestly, link tree. no. The better question <laughs> is where can't you find Grace? Yeah, exactly. Uh if if you find my Twitter or LinkedIn, uh you'll see my link tree, which like goes to all of our shows and stuff. Um, but I, I would highly suggest just go to our YouTube page again, like and subscribe to that, leave comments, let us know what content you like, what you don't, what you'd like to see more of. Um, you can find me on great quarter gals you can find me on uh at the radio every day monday through friday next year i think we're gonna get a little creative with some uh, partnerships in that too so uh that should be fun um but yeah uh go go check out my writing i forgot i write too there we go that that's a thing um <laughs> so you can uh, you can go to slash i think honestly grace sharky you'll see all those articles uh there too so yeah Find Check All the Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible Freight Waves podcasts, such as Loaded and Rolling and Great Quarter Gals. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash check. See you on the internet. <laughs>